My name is Daisha Clay. I'm the audio librarian here at Classical 91.7. While I'm a real librarian, I have a deep, dark secret. I know very little about classical music. I grew up listening to rock. And I know something about jazz. But when it comes to classical... But I really want to learn. So... Every week on this show, a classical music expert will give me a piece of classical music they think I should know, and then we'll discuss it. Come learn with me in the Classical Classroom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Classical Classroom. I'm Daisha Clay, and um, as some of you listeners may recall, in episode 60 with uh, Mark Claudio, I made the terrible mistake of mentioning that I used to play the trumpet. So, of course, uh, producer Todd seized upon this golden opportunity to humiliate me. And since that is apparently the secondary theme of Classical Classroom, the humiliation of the host, <laughs> Todd has decided to add a new dimension to my classical music education, and he says that I actually need to play the music. So to that end, today we have not one teacher, but the trumpet section of River Oaks Chamber Orchestra, who we are listening to right now, and they will be giving me an instrument to play that I have not played in a lot of years. First, we've got Mr. George Chase. Uh, George went to the Curtis Institute and to Rice University. He's performed with symphonies and operas literally all over the world. Uh, he taught at the University of Houston's Moore School, and he now plays with many groups here in Houston, such as the River Oaks Chamber Orchestra and Opera in the Heights. Welcome, George. Thank you very much. I'm just here responding to the uh, hashtag uh, humiliate uh, Daisha. So I, I don't know if that <laughs> this is the right place for that, but yeah. Uh, next, we've got Mr. Jason Adams. Um, he's been teaching and playing trumpet for over 30 years. He studied with Roger Murtha and Chris Gecker at the Hart School and the Manhattan School of Music. He plays, uh, he records, he appears as a soloist, uh, and so much more. Welcome, Jason. Thank you very much. Thanks. <laughs> okay, so so what are we doing here today? I, I, you're teaching me a lesson. I mean, oh, I have yes. to actually play the trumpet. Oh yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get let's get into <laughs> so it. Here we go. Okay. Okay. So what we're going to start with is the mouthpiece. All right. So somebody uh, wants to find uh, uh, the trumpet as being an instrument in which you make a uh, strange sound on the one end and, and, and hope and pray that when the sound gets out the other end of it, that it sounds a little bit better. Yeah. And so that in mind, I am grabbing my mouthpiece Okay. and my trumpet. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to put the mouthpiece just underneath your lips, like you're blowing across a Coke bottle. Okay. All right. Nice and easy, nice and relaxed, almost like a flute. And as we do that, as we blow across it, now we're going to roll the mouthpiece up so it's touching our lips. Hey! There we go. First try. It sounded like a dying duck. Daffy Duck is in the building, people. Excellent. So we are off to the races. So let's try the same thing again. And this time, let's just uh, focus the corners of our lips just outside the mouthpiece just a little bit as we do that. So let's do the same thing again. 
Take a big breath. Yeah, there well, we go. I don't know. I think you're a pro. I yeah. think so. I, th- <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> we go to the Red Cat downtown to find out she's been uh, p- playing some uh, some sessions that night. All right. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to hand uh, our, our new friend here a uh, an old trumpet. This is an old Selmer trumpet from the, uh, from the 60s. And so what we're going to do is place that mouthpiece into the receiver of the trumpet, into the small end of the trumpet, and do the same uh, same thing. Okay. So let's try that. And uh, and she it looks like she's remembering really well how to hold it, so I think we're in an excellent shape here. You put your pinky in the hook. If you like, sure. You put your, your fingers on the key. So what we're uh, talking about, uh, for those of you who, uh, who are not able to, to see right now, is that on the top of the trumpet, you have the three valves in a row, and then sort of next to that is a little uh, hook, and uh, and you can put your finger in there. I usually just put my finger, my pinky in that hook for page turns or if I'm using a certain kind of a, a mute, like a plunger mute or a Harmon mute uh, for special effects. By the way, the <laughs> pinky in the hook is very controversial. Yeah. Really? You've got to be careful with the pinky in the hook yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> you really do. very controversial? I, 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 well, apparently it... Um, Slows your third finger, your ring finger, down oh. on the valves, and something about one tendon between your ring finger and your pinky. And some people will tell you that the pinky actually goes on top of the crook. Some people will tell you in the crook, and I've seen that and everything in between. That's so crazy. I think through the years, I've wound up with a kind of funny habit of just kind of sticking it sort of on the side of the crook. Huh. Normally, I don't put my finger in there uh, a whole lot. Uh, I don't have any you know, terrible feeling one way or the other about it. You know, if you feel a little pain, you know, I find scotch helps with that uh, to some <laughs> extent. Um, helps with a lot of things, really. Spoken but anyway, as far as the trumpet goes, yeah, so there you go. Great antiseptic as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah you have to, you know, it's, it's, it's a scotch you've been practicing for. So anyway, um, but uh, yeah, what I usually do is just uh, leave my finger just sort of uh, floating in space, like my attention span, and then uh, and I just place my hmm. uh, rest of my uh, fingers over the uh, over the valve section. So that's okay. how I, I normally play. All right. So, all so that, right. that feels like madness to me. I just yeah. Okay. All right. So so what's happening? <laughs> all next? right. So now what we're gonna do is the same thing we do with the mouthpiece, except we're so we're gonna blow across the mouthpiece, and then we'll just roll the trumpet up until okay. it's on your face, and we won't use any valves, and you get whatever sound you get. Okay. So let's go for it. Oh, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was, I think that was that's fun. come back very, very quickly. Absolutely. That's, that's, nice. that's great. Takes you back that's to great. seventh grade, doesn't it? I think I'm going to go the and get a new trumpet oil. after the show yeah. and start my new career. There, there you go. <laughs> like Jason said, the heady smell of valve oil. You know, just, yeah, that, that whiff of Alcast just uh, uh-huh. you know, and, uh, mixed with the... Uh, a little uh, scotch. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> back to the uh, back to the trumpet here. So that's a, a, a G on our on our trumpet. Now, mm-hmm. some of you out in uh, there in Radio Land might think, "Wait a minute, George, that's not a G. That's an F." And to those of you out there thinking that, I salute you. I invite <laughs> you to buy me a glass of scotch. But anyway, um, but in addition to that, uh, you're absolutely right. That's a concert F. And the reason why is that the trumpets that we're playing right now are B-flat instruments, which means when we play our C, it sounds a concert B-flat. And so all the music written for a B-flat trumpet is written up a whole step from uh, what it actually sounds. Is that true? That is true. And it's done only to confuse and bewilder people <laughs> across the world. <laughs> that is crazy. So, okay. So if I was playing with another 
another instrument. Yeah, say piano, for example. Yeah. The sheet music would look different. It would look different. That's exactly right. It would look. It would look different. So if My you're mind playing a piece, yeah, I, it's it's crazy stuff. <laughs> so if uh, if you're playing a piece, say in that uh, that's that is written in your key of of C, mm-hmm. a piano player uh, would have to be playing in the key of B flat. Why on earth would the people who created instruments and musical notation do that? Well, the uh, I think it you can go all the way back to some of the very earliest written down music for the trumpet. And uh, before the invention of the valve, the trumpet, you basically just had a tube there and you had to pick up a different tube for whatever key the music is that you were playing in. So you'd have this a shorter one. Jason, by the way. This Sorry, I Jason. forgot to yes. <laughs> introduce you in the question. So, um, just yes. as a general rule of thumb, if it's a more lucid explanation and just clear, that's generally <laughs> going to be Jason. Okay, back, back, back to you. Okay. Well, so at any rate... Um, and for some reason, I guess just music being music, that tradition just kind of stuck. Even once we got the valves, there's lots of pieces you'll find where uh, you'll be playing a trumpet part written in one key that sounds in another key, and you're playing it on a different keyed trumpet just because of the way the instrument sounds. So trumpet players are often very confused, and <laughs> I think that explains the scotch. But they're so attractive, <laughs> yeah. and that makes it all better. Confused, <laughs> you know. But it's a very strange thing that they didn't have valves, and so they would go to a uh, rehearsal performance with your instrument, and then it was a, a box of what was called uh, crooks, which is different lengths of tubing. And so mm. if you wanted to play in a higher key, then you would pull out your longer crook and put in a shorter one, and then you were able to uh, to play that, that part. Otherwise, you'd be playing notes that would not fit into that uh, chord or into that key. Wow. So, Yeah. <laughs> Well, and so here we are today. So here we are with, today with confusing sets of sheet music. And <laughs> so it's better, and and it's and, and you can look at it in a, in a way that they soldered on those crooks. You can think of it like that uh-huh. onto the trumpet, okay. and then attach them with the, yeah. the valves. And then when you push a valve down, all it does is it opens up that chamber of tubing on the trumpet, allowing you to play uh, different pitches than you hmm. would be able to uh, play otherwise. As a matter of fact, I think probably if you play your G right now and mm-hmm. press down your second valve, mm-hmm. uh, the one in the middle there, we'll hear the pitch of it. As long as you hold a nice steady sound, we'll hear the pitch of it drop a half step. Or we'll see a unicorn, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a unicorn. <laughs> wow. And there it is. There you go. Okay. Beautiful. Nice. Excellent. So if you do the same thing again, and except push down first valve instead of uh, second valve, you go down by a whole step, or we'll see a unicorn. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Jesus. Excellent. Lovely. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I have to so tell you, it really, that you know, that's really a. Pretty nice sound for oh, it very much so. It really thanks. is, and in, in all seriousness, it's been at least ten years since I've picked up a horn. So this now is that's cool. very impressive that, yeah. that, that it's coming back in that way. But I do this with my lips a lot, just regularly. I just go, so I'm, you know, <laughs> my muscles are uh, ready. To... I do that in traffic a lot, yeah. you know, but for completely different <laughs> yeah. reasons. But okay. brass instruments are are. I'm kind of like the voice, and they're kind of unique because what's actually vibrating on a brass instrument, what creates the sound, is your body because mm-hmm. it is your lips actually right, doing the vibration. Right, as opposed to a reed or right, exactly reed. right, kind yeah. of more, or percussion instrument, something more external or something you strike. So, um, I think in that way, it really is an instrument that you have to have sort of an internal picture 
of the music you're trying to play before you can mm-hmm. just, you know, get it to come out of the horn. Right. And sometimes you get lucky. And believe me, there's plenty of times when I've looked at a note on the page and said, I have no idea what that's going to sound like. And I press my buttons down and I, I get lucky. <laughs> but it's never, never quite the same as um, when you really have a good idea of what you want the music to sound like. And um, But that kind of brings up something interesting, which is... Uh, the physicality, the sort of physical fitness that's necessary to play a trumpet, right. uh, to play any instrument, but specifically the trumpet. Like a lot of my warbliness <clears throat> uh, when I when I was playing just now was because my lips are not strong enough, basically. These little tiny muscles in, yeah. in my, you know, but, you know, it's, it's beyond that. It's my, like, my tongue has forgotten how to, how to, like, make notes, my, you know, I mean, it's, it's all. So can you guys talk a little bit yeah, about that? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. You know, the f- famous uh, ballet dancer, Bershnikov, talked about, uh, you know, someone asked him why he practices so much, you know, why he would train so much. And he says, because the muscles forget, you know, and, and it's absolutely true on uh, any brass instrument, particularly a high brass instrument like, like trumpet. Uh, that you're dealing with very small uh, muscle groups. You can't abuse them, but yet at the same time, you're constantly training them and trying to stay in shape and try to stay ahead of the next thing you're about to perform. So if you're going to play a long uh, brass quintet concert, as Jason and I have, have done a number of times, you really have to make sure that you're playing quite a bit every day leading up to that, you know, so... It's kind of like like running or something like that where, you know, you will fail if you just go out of the gate attempting to run five miles. Likely you're going to yeah. fail. But if you run a little bit at a time and you yeah. add a little bit at a time, yeah. you, you kind of are able to progress. Yeah, absolutely. Bad. And I tell my students, you know, that it's you wouldn't expect to you know, get out of bed and and begin sprinting like as soon as you get your sneakers on, you know, and, yeah. and nor would you try to run a marathon at your sprinting speed, you know, so you have to be thoughtful about um, about how you're warming up and stretching like you would, you know, when you're when you're running yeah. and then be very thoughtful about how you're going to do your practicing and, and, and you know, and, and I'm, I know that uh, I've had the experience where, you know, you're in a rehearsal or, or, or preparing something and you think, oh, you know, this is a little more difficult than I feel like it ought to be for me to play, you know? So that means that when I go home and I, and I warm up, I'm going to do a little more of that kind of thing. If I can isolate exactly what's going on and, and, and sort of develop my ability to, to do that and hopefully enhance it over a period of time. That really brings up a good point too, which is that I think a lot of times when trumpet players, especially practice, we're practicing for a particular situation. Uh If you're getting ready to play like in a symphony orchestra, the playing that you do in an orchestra is probably some of the most intense physical trumpet playing that you do, but it's typically in very short bursts. You'll play very, very hard for 30 seconds. So, <laughs> you know, it might be akin to like a sprinter yeah. if you're a runner. It's not just your lips. It's like your cheeks, too, because I don't know for non-trumpet players out there, like you have to, unlike uh, Dizzy Gillespie, right. who <laughs> poofed out his cheeks right. like a chipmunk you're supposed to actually hold your cheeks in and that actually takes a great deal of of strength to like stop yourself from like so you've got got the cheek action you've got the lip action you've got this sort of just physical like familiarity 
the muscle memory in your fingers right. and stuff like that. Right. We should we should we do a little bit more yeah. of a lesson and then absolutely. I know you brought in some yeah. examples that absolutely. you wanted to. Yeah, okay, absolutely. so so what am I going to learn next? So what I thought we could do is go back to the mouthpiece for a moment. Okay. And then and, and this time I thought we could stretch just a little bit right. more. So let's start in that that's whatever note you you start off with, whatever mm-hmm. it comes to you naturally, whatever that might be, doesn't even matter. And just and trying to go as low as you can from that note. Okay. <laughs> there you go. There you, you know, go. it's funny if you can't see it, but I, your head just just completely, your chin just went all the way down to your chest while you were doing <laughs> yeah. that. And and you, truthfully, there that has absolutely nothing to do with it, but it just feels right. It does. You know, when I'm <laughs> when I'm teaching kids, I, we spend a lot of time saying, "No, you really don't have to move your head because their trumpets are crashing into each other and stuff." And it just feels like the right thing to do, doesn't it? It's yeah. like I'm going down. Yeah, I must yeah, look yeah. down now. <laughs> yeah. So try the same thing, okay. and I'll I'll do it with you. And, right. uh, and, and this time, let's think about the the breathing. So I'll inhale for a beat, and then just let it out. Okay. So, yeah. So ready. <sighs> Yeah, there we go. Lovely. That's good. <laughs> All right. Okay. I feel, so there we go. I feel um, like I'm ready to go. There we go. Like. Hey, there we go. All right. <laughs> so now what we're going to do is uh, I brought a, uh, a trumpet uh, method book, the uh, Arbonne Complete Conservatory Method for the cornet and for the trumpet. Mm-hmm. And so we are going to give her uh, uh, a blast from the past here. I'm sure she's looked at this. It's been ages, though. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. uh-huh. So let's take a look at how about let's take a look at number five. Let's number play, five. Yeah. All let's right. Play that one. Okay. Let's see if I can even remember. Yeah. The notes. Okay. And the trumpet, uh, for those out there in uh, Radio Land, uh, is a is generally a uh, treble clef instrument. So, it, and if you are a piano player, it would be the the uh, the clef that you would use, generally speaking, for your uh, your right hand. All right. Um. Mm-hmm. So the first note would be that, that the e. e. Yep. Okay. So I think that was the fourth note we did today. was not expecting you to go oh through the whole God. thing like that. That's awesome. Whoa. <laughs> I'm <laughs> totally lightheaded now. Yep. That was, I feel the... You feel the, the burn? The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. What I really liked about that was watching you tap your foot. You had great rhythm oh, yeah. going. It's just like we went right back to junior high, all the things they told you. Yep. It's really funny. And then when you were tapping your foot, your foot couldn't quite reach the ground, so you're sort of bouncing up and down in your chair and yeah, you're getting yeah. that sound. Where yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very fun. I can't believe I remember the notes. And that you produced some of those sounds. I was not I expecting, as you got to the, some of the higher tessitura stuff, that that was going to just come out. And, tessitura? So range, the higher notes that you okay. had to play. Tessitura. Higher range. Yes. I did that 
I did some testatura. You, you were guys testatura. Just Absolutely. in case you were wondering. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> yeah. So, Stoked. So, all right. So, so Jason, what, what, how would you, uh, uh, you know, critique her techniques as, as it is? How, what would you? What well, would you... I mean, first of all, I really would say it was, it was great. Yeah. You know, and um, I probably would talk a little bit about um, posture and getting maybe getting the feet a little more solid on the floor so that the mm-hmm. body isn't kind of tempted to wiggle around while you're tapping your foot. And, mm-hmm. But you were doing a wonderful job with rhythm. And I would say, generally speaking, the only thing I would say is just to just enjoy it and be even more confident with it. And you sounded like you were flipping out a little bit from time to time, like, well, what's next? And, and, <laughs> and if you know anything about being a trumpet player, you know that a lot of it is just that you got to put on a good show and you got to... Yeah kind of be overconfident and say, yeah, I can, yeah, I, I, I can do this. I, I did this, you know, in my sleep last night. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. All right. Absolutely. That's, well, that's great. That's great. And that's uh, page 11 of the urban book. And I think there's only about 360 to go. So I think we're, we're uh, almost yeah, so, there. Yeah, so we're going to yeah, be yeah. camping out here. This is going to be a part of the next uh, fundraising uh, drive here. Uh-huh. They'll have, they'll have to kick us out of the studio. Yep. Absolutely, yeah. But luckily yeah. for us, the door locks from the inside. So, you know, we're going to be here for a while. No, I'll just that mm-hmm. joke. Well, okay, so I've played. Now, weren't you guys going to play something? We certainly uh, could. I would love to hear you play something. There we go. Because now that people have been tortured by my sound, <laughs> they should hear something good. <laughs> All right, let's do it. This is actually by uh, George and I both took trumpet lessons with this guy. This is uh, Chris Gecker. Uh, he wrote a book of 44 duos for two trumpets, and we're going to play number one. Yeah, Chris played in the um, American Brass Quintet for uh, for many years. Uh, now he teaches at uh, University of uh, Maryland and is a very fine uh, trumpet player. All right. Um, who's playing the top part, George? Oh. See, now, you can tell the age of a trumpet player by <laughs> this following discussion because a... A young trumpet player will fight about get, getting to play the first part, that top part. And yeah. an older trumpet player is going to fight about who gets to play the lower part. The lower the, part, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly so right. I would like to play the lower part. So All right, I'm you gonna, got it. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> my, my next round is must be on you. All right. <laughs> That was awesome, you guys. And tell, you. tell me what that piece was called again? That was the first uh, duo uh, by uh, Chris Gecker. Called yeah. Number One. Number One. I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. Well, thank you guys so much for being here today. Thank it you very much for having us. Yeah, it was a it was real pleasure. Fun. It has nice been, um, despite the humiliation, <laughs> it's been really fun. So just remember, it's uh, if you on Twitter, it's uh, hashtag humiliatedacia. So it's just <laughs> right out there. Just, I thought you know. it was a sharp sign, humiliatedacia. That's what? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. 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 Sharp sign. We yeah, call hashtag. that a hashtag. Yeah, we call it yeah.
Gotcha. Okay. Musician yeah. humor. All right. Um, everybody, for more Classical Classroom, go to houstonpublicmedia.org backslash classroom. There you will find myriad links to all of the ways that you can listen to and interact with us, including, but not limited to, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, Twitter, and Tumblr. Make sure to follow us, rate us, review us, and most importantly, tell your friends and family that we are better than cats and that you want to listen to us again and again. P.S. You will also find host humiliating video of this episode on our page. Thanks to Todd Ah. See what I did there? Holslander for making us sound pretty today. Thanks to program director Sinjin Flynn for just being him. Thanks to Jason Adams and to George Chase for being here today. Thanks to me for saying stuff. But above all, thanks to you for listening. We'll catch you next time.